Bell and US West Texas Intermediate down even more. That's uh, that's down about 5%, uh, trading at uh, around $12.30 a barrel. Uh, gold is at $1,708 an ounce, also lower than the New York close. Uh, and the US dollar pretty well stable in Asian trading at 107 and a quarter against the Japanese yen. Do please join me again for Money Talk for the final time this week. It's a holiday shortened week here in Hong Kong uh, from uh, from 8 o'clock tomorrow. Back chat's coming up after the news with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast, fine and dry. Maximum temperature is about 29 degrees. There's going to be sunny periods in the next few days and it's going to be hot during the day. Then mist in the morning and at night on Friday and over the weekend. Temperature right now is 24 degrees and it's 64% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. In his first coronavirus news conference since Friday, President Trump has accused China of failing to stop the spread of the illness. Speaking outside the White House, he said the pandemic should have been stopped at the source. We are not happy with China. We are not happy with that whole situation because we believe it could have been stopped at the source. It could have been stopped quickly and it wouldn't have spread all over the world. And we think that should have happened. Uh, So we'll uh, let you know at the appropriate time, but we are doing serious investigations. The president also boasted that he built the greatest economy in history, but he'd been forced to turn it off. Mr Trump also announced plans to increase testing with nearly five and a half million carried out so far in the US. Mr Trump also told reporters he knew exactly how Kim Jong-un was doing. After growing speculation about the North Korean leader's health, the president said he couldn't give any details but hoped Mr Kim was fine. Rumours have been circulating since Mr Kim failed to appear at celebrations marking a key national holiday. The World Health Organization has warned the coronavirus pandemic is disrupting normal health services, especially immunization for the poorest children. The WHO's Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said shortages of vaccines against other diseases such as polio, measles and cholera were being reported because of disruption caused by the virus. Dr Tedros also defended his organization's handling of the pandemic. I assure you that WHO gives the best advice we can based on science and evidence. It's up to the countries to reject or accept. But from our experience so far, what we have seen is some countries accept, some may not. At the end of the day, each country takes its own responsibility. Dr Tedros said countries that followed its advice at the end of January had done better than those which didn't. U.S. oil prices have fallen by 25 percent as a massive drop in demand continues due to the pandemic. West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. benchmark, tumbled to less than 13 U.S. dollars a barrel. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. There has been another slump in the price of crude oil, reflecting the damage the pandemic has done to demand for transport fuel. Cuts in production agreed by the countries of OPEC and others, including Russia, are due to be implemented from this week, but they're unlikely to be enough to stabilise the market. One oil broker described the imbalance between supply and demand for oil as simply awful. Those concerns are increasingly being aggravated by the fact that storage capacity for the excess in the US is filling rapidly. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host. Today's Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking geopolitics today about the USA and China and Sino-US relations under COVID-19. As we've just been hearing in the news, Donald Trump has been hitting out at China again, saying Beijing could have stopped the virus at its source. And he said his administration was conducting serious investigations into what happened. In a series of tweets, the Chinese foreign ministry has raised speculation that the US bungled its response to the pandemic and is trying to blame others as it claimed China stands strongly against disinformation. How have the performances of the CCP and President Trump compared? Where do Sino-US relations stand now? How is the tussle going down in Europe and in Africa? In the long term, will the West seek to reduce reliance on Chinese industry? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or call us on 233-88266. And later, from uh, 9.20 to 9.30, we'll be talking about the situation in North Korea. What do we actually know about Kim Jong-un's condition? If he did die, who would step in? Just before we get to today's topic, some uh, emails on on uh, other subjects uh, that have uh, come in. Uh, one with the this is from Andrew Kay with the uh, subject line double standards Hong Kong today. How about some concern for the old guy that was murdered by the misguided teenagers? The liberal left should shut up on this case. Uh, S says, shouldn't the local laws precede any other jurisdiction? According to the Secretary for Justice, if cocaine was legal in a foreign country, then the citizen of that country could be allowed to use and promote that value in Hong Kong. Uh, uh, S also says, I think this is in relation to yesterday's programme, how can the professor be so sure that people from elsewhere will not come via Taiwan or Macau to avoid long-term quarantine? Mr Pink says... I strongly disagree with Exco member Jeffrey Lamb's push to relax the 14-day quarantine rules for mainland visitors after the current policy expires on May the 7th. China is still registering new COVID cases and has, and has been widely reported there are thousands of asymptomatic cases in the mainland. Once a country can show that it has no new cases for a continuous period of time, say 14 consecutive days, we can consider relaxing quarantine restrictions for inbound travellers. Even then, all arrivals should remain subject to the mandatory testing at Asia World Expo. There's no need to rush through a change in quarantine policy. Matthew says, uh, I note that regular Backchat correspondent Tom Gundert today opines in his Facebook comment that it's difficult to separate fact from fiction and that one should, quote, look at the speaker's underlying motivations, unquote. I guess this sage advice also needs to be applied to his own regular pro-CCP comments, which often have the unmistakable scent of the United Front of Propaganda talking points, which can be found in Chinese all over the Blue Ribbon forums. And uh, S again finally says it's unbelievable how the WHO is trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. It said that when it informed of the pandemic to the world at the end of January, there are only 82 cases outside of China. Come on, WHO is the so-called world body with a lot of experience. May I remind it that these were known cases. What about all the unknown cases? With its vast experience, shouldn't it have realised that this was a wrong reference and there would have been a lot more unknown cases, especially after it made a fact-finding mission to China and that it had a tendency to speak? 
spread. Again, I would say, thankfully, the Hong Kong citizens were more realistically cautious with a better sense of understanding than WHO. That is from S. Joining us for the first part of our discussion about uh, Sino-US relations and uh, about America and about China, uh, we have with us now Jean-Pierre Cabestan, uh, the uh, Baptist University political science professor, and David Zweig, a professor emeritus at the Division of Social Science at the University of Science and Technology and director of Transnational China Consulting Limited. Good morning to both of you. Uh, maybe, Gentlemen, uh, Professor. Ladies. Yeah, Professor Cabestan, maybe maybe we'll start with you and do it in alphabetical order. Um, yeah, what what do you make of those those uh, latest uh, salvo from uh, uh, from um, from President Trump? It seemed like maybe he was backing down a little bit in criticism of China, but he seems to have returned to that to that topic and, and stepped it up. How do you read that? Well, I think he is um, facing conflicting interests. Uh, we are in electoral in the United States. So he needs to uh, um, show uh, that he's strong with China. And uh, I think uh, to develop an uh, anti-China campaign may bring him a lot of benefits. But at the same time, as you know, he reached a trade deal with the uh, Chinese government in January. Um, he's also very dependent about, upon the American business community. So he needs to be careful not to go too, too far in that direction. Now, what he can do, of course, is, is to sort of attack the Democrats uh, who have been uh, accused by uh, some Republicans of being soft on China. Um, Joe Biden's son, you know, Hunter Biden has some interest in China, so he can play that card. Behind him, you have some extreme um, 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 uh, Republicans like uh, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, uh, who wants to kick out the uh, Chinese students from, from every science department in American universities. But I don't think the U.S. will go that, uh, down that way, I mean, that, that road, because it's too uh, risky. And, and he's going to go against too many vested interests in the U.S. and among American universities. So, so he's trying to sort of adopt a, a middle-of-the-road uh, um, strategy, which is, on the one hand, to sort of blame China for being responsible of the pandemic, at the same time, uh, keep uh, the channel of communication and keep, uh, be ready to continue to negotiate with China and maybe to resume the uh, trade negotiation, which, you know, uh, which just a provisional deal, very, very limited deal, and which uh, needs to be tackled down the road. Um, is it uh, also about uh, swaying attention from his own inadequacies that um, uh, the COVID-19 outbreak is still not yep. really under control in the USA, while in China we do see uh, scattered cases here and there, but it's pretty much in control, I would say? Yes, I mean, that's, that's an, yes, of course, that's an accusation the Democrats are going to make. I mean, I mean it's, it's, a, it's, it's the fact that, uh, well, everybody, maybe everybody is, uh, is partly responsible, China is partly responsible for the pandemic, the WHO as well. For being having 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 being very slow in, in reacting and declaring the uh, epidemic a, a pandemic and uh, so, uh, but but the, the Trump administration has been also ill prepared and as you, you remember in the beginning Trump said it was not an important issue for the U.S. and so he, he, he realized very 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 late that uh, you know they, he had to deal with that uh, with with that pandemic. So uh, and now we, well the thing is you know. China is getting out of it, while the U.S. is still in the middle of that uh, that battle. So, uh, 
but but we have to see how it goes in the summer because things may change uh, pretty much for the whole world in the summer. What is going to buy the lot, of course, is the downturn in the economy and even the recession you will see uh, that we see in, in China as well in the U.S. and the rest of the world. So how much the recession is going to uh, impact on the election in November, that's the big question for Trump and for, for Biden, Joe Biden as well. Uh, and you've been saying that China haven't been doing themselves any favours either, that they've been uh, alienating people. We've heard uh, the latest from um, German diplomats um, complaining yep. about undue pressure and so on, that they've been messing up their attempts to, to win hearts and minds. Yes, I mean, China has been, uh, I mean, um, in a way, uh, you know, conveying a very contradictory message. On the one hand, China wanted to show that it was very generous, it wanted to help the rest of the world, uh, but it, it, it also adopted a kind of uh, uh, very aggressive um, uh, propaganda campaign and then trying to sell its own uh, you know, form of government. And also now in the latest, uh, uh, in, in the last few weeks, China has been uh, inclined to use disinformation campaign to sort of uh, boost its own uh, agenda. And that has badly backfired against China, not only in the U.S., but also in the EU. Uh, as you can see, uh, well, uh, a number of countries in Europe, uh, country, um, government have been very unhappy with, uh, with the way the Chinese government has uh, has criticized Western governments, European governments, for the way they've managed the, the, the pandemic. And, and uh, um, so, uh, so we are in a, in a disinformation war, which uh, in a way we're familiar with because of Russia. You know, Russia for some time has adopted that strategy, uh, disseminating fake news. Uh, but China now is doing the same, and that's going to, uh, I think, complicate relations uh, with, with, uh, with uh, of course, the U.S., but also with uh, a number of European countries. Okay, uh, David Zweig, good morning to you. Oh, hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yes. You're, uh, you know. you're, in, you're, in yes, t- you're in Toronto at the moment, is that right? I am. Okay. Under lockdown. Okay. With my 97, soon to be 98-year-old mother. All oh, right, well, congratulations for her for 98. Yeah. A very good inning. Someone had to do the vacuuming. Okay, what's the view from Toronto like of what's been happening in, in, in the U.S., first of all, and uh, Trump's, uh, yeah, Trump's stance to, to, towards China? Yeah, well, you know, um, let, let's say that one normally uh, friendly person, uh, and that is uh, the the premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, uh, who is himself pretty conservative, but uh, has been pretty active, uh, doing a good job here, actually, getting pretty positive response. His brother was the famous mayor of Toronto who was photographed doing uh, smack cocaine. Um, now, he, he criticized Trump because uh, uh, they've been angry about Trump's decision to stop IBM from shipping uh, masks uh, and equipment to Canada, to Ontario. Uh, IBM has, has 12 plants in Canada, and so it sees itself as having an important economic link and responsibility to help Canadians. Um, but Trump, in his Trump first policy, America first policy, when he a couple but a week ago was talking about how you know we weren't going to sh- allow goods to be shipped out, and and so Ontario was one of the places that got hit. And um, uh, Premier Ford publicly 
said that he always thought he could rely on Trump, and now he knows that he can never rely on Trump, and he actually can't rely on anybody outside of Canada. But that, in terms of sort of bilateral relations, I think that's been maybe the biggest uh, problem. Um, I, I, you know, my own view, I mean, I, I agree a lot with, with Jean-Pierre um, on, on some of the things, that, but I do think that China, and I'm sure your next guest, you know, when you get Mark Simon on, um, uh, for Republicans abroad, that uh, I do think that China's uh, gotten a little bit of a bad rap uh, in terms of the accusations that it didn't share information on time. Uh, I, I think that uh, that's just not true. Um, on the 3rd of January, the head of the Chinese CDC told the head of the American CDC about uh, a virus, a very dangerous virus in Wuhan. And we know that uh, the, the Secretary of uh, Health and Human Services, Azar, uh, told the National Security Council on something like the 5th or the 6th of January that there was this crisis. And so now, if you look over yesterday and today, we'll hear today or yesterday already, um, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post ran a story that actually uh, reported that the White House was warned. You know, um, when Azar told the National Security Council, the National Security Council put it in Trump's documents in his daily briefing. And so from something probably like January 3rd or January 4th, uh, it, 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 he was getting in his daily briefing that there was this terrible virus uh, in Wuhan and that it was a threat. And he ignored it. And he's going to have a really hard time, besides looking like an idiot. Um, have you been drinking Lysol lately, anybody? <laughs> Um, I, I went to the cupboard, but it, my mother had already drank it. Um, anyway, so with that kind of stupidity, I think he's going to be in real trouble. And with the economy slowing down, so he may, you know, as JP said, um, Jean-Pierre is also known as JP. As JP said, uh, you know, he's, he's in a bind because he's got to look tough on China, but he also can't get the Chinese too angry. You know, he never accuses Xi Jinping of doing anything wrong. It's just the Chinese. Um, and he needs Chinese help. He needs the, the equipment for the testing. You know, if he can't deliver the testing, the swabs, and a lot of that comes out of China. If he can't deliver that, he's in, he's in big doggy doo-doo. I mean, he already is in big doggy doo-doo. Anything else? Uh, I think Ada's got a question for you. Sorry, just a, just a slight correction. I think it was a 3M rather than IBM that was, had the control. Okay, yes, correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. David, yeah, hi. Ada. Um so, um, but, but is Trump still winning the hearts and minds of um, quite a number of Americans? I mean, his loyal fans. Right. Well, um, there was a real pop, you know, there was, the, I think there was, a, well, all I can tell you is what I read in the press. So the Republicans are very nervous. The Republicans are actually worried that his stupid performances on um, uh, the TV, you know, over the last week or so has actually really hurt them. And that the economies put them in trouble, uh, the virus has put them in trouble, and they're very nervous about losing the Senate. Right? They don't have the House. They won't lose the House. They could lose the presidency. Because um, I think I, I wrote this piece. I've been trying to get it published, which is basically, you know, uh, Trump's responsible for this. He didn't stop it. He had the information. Biden can push that. The Washington Post is going to push it. America's going to push it. And, and the Republicans are very nervous that they're going to lose the Senate, uh, that they'll lose enough votes. Uh, and, and then in the election, too, 
he's losing, he's running behind Biden in almost all the key states. Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, uh, I'm not sure about Ohio, he's there about even or he may even be behind in Florida. So he, he's, he's, he's in a little bit of trouble. He really needs an economic bounce, which is why today he was so vocal about it's going to be a good third quarter, and boy, the fourth quarter is just going to be fantastic. So I think he's, you know, I think he's got some troubles. I don't think, he, you know, he, he's losing, he's losing the votes. I think it's safe to say that. Um, he's still got a strong base, but I think, I think he's in serious trouble. But are Americans really as worried? Depressing. I mean, I feel terrible about it. Right, but are Americans, or I mean, you in Canada, very worried about this uh, COVID nineteen? Um, you know, uh, North North America is now the worst hit uh, of all the continents. Worried about it, Ada. My, my family. I have a wife and two children in New York City. Um, my wife and son have not been out of our apartment for a month. Uh, you know, people are, I mean, people in the United States are doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is why this whole idea of reopening the economy a little early may be a problem. Uh, but the, so far it's worked reasonably well. I mean, it's only, you know, today I think we passed the number of deaths in the war in Vietnam. The United States lost 55,000 soldiers in the war in Vietnam and the United States has passed that. So people are very nervous, you know, and I mm. think in places where it's not so bad, they want to reopen. But the really bad spots... It, it, But do, you know, do, they, do they understand that blaming China won't save American lives? Uh, yeah, but, well, and so who's they? So Donald needs to, you know, President Trump needs to blame somebody other than him because of January and February, right? The two missing months. Uh, and, and at least February and the middle of March, because uh, at the end of January, he was warned again by his anti-China hawk, Peter Navarro, that there was this crisis. Um, I, you know, I don't think Americans as, as individuals, look, China is in terrible shape in American public opinion polls, and the Canadians don't like them either. You know, the, the two Canadians, it's my duty as a Canadian to say, you know, the two Michaels uh, have just passed 500 days in um, in in jail mm. right, uh, for probably doing nothing um, but as a you know, punishment for the Canadians arresting Meng Wanzhou um, and so the status of the Chinese is very low in Canada as well but, Trump, but here in Canada Trudeau knows that he needs China's help so his view, his official view is we're not going to do name calling now uh, right now we're going to just, we need to work with China we need stuff from them Uh, and so we're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jean-Pierre Campestan, do you, do you agree with uh, David Zweig there that there is a kind of natural, ca natural cap that they won't go too far in criticizing, Trump won't go too far in criticizing certainly Xi Jinping personally uh, because there is still uh, uh, interdependence? Yes, I mean, uh, I think the, the situation is such in the U.S. that the uh, coming election in November pretty open, actually, more open than, you know, it, it would have been a few a few weeks ago. Now, as you know, in the U.S., there are a number of people who want to sort of uh, start a lawsuit against China. I don't think it's going to succeed uh, because of, well, first of all, state immunity is a very important 
uh, obstacle to a successful lawsuit against a country for having, you know, for being responsible for of the pandemic. Uh, but it's going to play uh, up in the uh, in the debate. Another issue which is also to play up uh, is the call for an uh, independent investigation of what has happened in China. Uh, and it, it may get traction not only in the U.S., but also, you know, in Australia and in am among some European countries. I know that the French government for the time being uh, said it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not the time for, for, for asking China for independent investigation. And in any event, is not going to succeed because China is not going to open its labs and its, uh, you know, its facilities uh, and let uh, outside uh, experts uh, in investigate, well, you know, what really happened in China. So it's not going to, but it put, it's going to, it's not going to succeed either. But it's going to put a lot of pressure on China in the coming, in the coming weeks. So the question is whether there will be decoupling, and 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 that's one of the worries of the Chinese government today. And uh, Peter Navarro is putting a lot of pressure for, for decoupling uh, more and more sectors of the American economy from the Chinese economy. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, even to bring back, you know, the ventilators production lines to China, to the U.S., or to moving it out of China to other countries will take years. Uh, I think, that, of course, the crisis has been a kind of a warning call for, for a lot of countries to think about their supply lines. Uh, supply chains, but but still, uh, I don't think it's going to uh, change very very quickly. Uh, the, 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 the 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 big difference, and that's why China is not going to win this battle, uh, you know, for the, the narrative with the U.S. and the West, is the fact that the U.S. after all is an open society. So you've got a lot of people going after Trump, and you, the debate is pretty open and and very uh, and, and and very confrontational. In China, uh, uh, there is a debate as well, but it's very subdued. It's very under, much underground. It's been put on the side, you know, it's been sidelined by the authorities and the and the repression which the Xi Jinping government has exerted on any kind of dissenting voice, so all the way from Li Wenliang to Fang Fang, IFN, and so on. You know, all the doctors, which uh, all the whistleblowers who have tried to alert the public. What is interesting, actually, regarding the timing of the uh, you know, uh, of of the uh, of of of, his, uh, of of information regarding the terrible virus, as David was saying. I think still, still, I think China and the uh, WHO have been responsible for or being late of admitting that the virus was trans uh, was a human to human it was a human to human transmission of that virus. It will have to wait until the end of uh, January for that. No, it and the country, which, the country which has reacted very quickly was uh, Taiwan, because Taiwan was informed very early on about the how dangerous the virus was. There was a doctor who is very famous now in Taiwan. His name is Lu Lu Yichun, who uh, alerted the Taiwanese authorities early as the end of December, 31st of December, about how dangerous the virus was. So, yeah, I think there's a real need for an investigation of what really happened in China and why the Chinese government has been late on reacting and declaring lockdown of, uh, of Wuhan only okay. on the 23rd of January. Okay. Uh, but, but, you know, it's not going to, as Ayla as was saying, it's not going to help the situation today in the U.S. and in Europe and elsewhere. So, uh, so but it's okay. going to uh, cast a long shadow on the, on, on the discussion of okay. our relationship with China. David Zweig? Yeah, so I disagree, um, uh, and I disagree <laughs> because that's okay. JP and I are long 
time friends. Um, I disagree because even if you look at Wikipedia, which is what I did, right, go online on Wikipedia and look up the virus, and it's very clear that China, I mean, the pattern of what happened, right, the lying was local. Right? The local officials tried to suppress it, so Dr. Lee gets told to be quiet, largely because he said it was SARS, and it wasn't SARS, so he is spreading in incorrect information online. He said it was SARS, but I agree. He, he tried to get it out. He was suppressed. Um, he was told to shut up, um, but, but the word did start to get out you know, by the 3rd of January. The, the yes, Chinese and that they don't find out. No, I agree with that, JP. But but okay, we, okay. The, Beijing sends a team down on okay. the 14th of January, right? So the local government is lying and hiding. We don't know how long they knew, but but on the 14th of January, the central government sends down an investigation team to go down to find out, and they find out, report back to Beijing on the 20th and the 23rd is the lockdown. So when you're talking about length of time, you know, it, it, it's not as egregious as SARS, man. I mean, we all lived through SARS. The Chinese hit that for four months, right? This is, this is almost the process, of, you could see the process of a slow bureaucracy with local government officials afraid to admit, you know, their, their first strategy is deny, 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 but, but but it's just not as horrible. I mean, an investigation would find, you know, what happened between the 14th of January and the 20th of January. Why did it take six days for an investigation team to find out that there was human-to-human -human transmission? Or well, why did it take so long? I mean, uh, Xi Jinping was informed as early as the 7th of January about the, about the virus. That it was human-to-human. Uh, no, no, you I mean, that, that's maybe he didn't know. I mean, it was not informed, it was right. human to human, but, but he, he wasn't right. informed. Right, so your, your question is why didn't they, so yep. the, we know. Well, that it had gone to the national level quite early on. Yep, yep. It got to the national level. It was in the national level in January, you know, by and clearly And it went into the medical 3rd. journals, uh, published articles uh, in The Lancet. Well, that was later. That was in okay. later January. But, but the first two, three weeks of January, it, it, it was getting out. It was getting out. The local government tried to hide it. There's no doubt. Okay. Well, we've got, we got, we got a break now for the, for the news at uh, 9 o'clock. Say goodbye uh, to uh, Jean-Pierre Cabestan. Thank you very much indeed, Professor of uh, Political Science at the Baptist University. David Zweig staying with us. And Mark Simon uh, is going to be uh, joining us uh, as well after 9. Later, we're also going to be talking about the situation. Is there a situation uh, in North Korea? Uh, and we want your thoughts as well. Drop us a line or give us a call. The weather, fine and dry today. Temperatures up to about 29 degrees, 24 degrees now. Humidity is at 61%. From their hotels and apartments and put in quarantine. Despite testing negative for the coronavirus, Human Rights Watch says the treatment amounts to arbitrary detention. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back this Tuesday morning. It's Back Chat with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking again about uh, Sino-US relations and about America and about uh, China. Individually later, we're also going to be talking about uh, North Korea and uh, uh, Kim Jong-un. Uh, is he sick? Uh, is he dead? There's been a lot of speculation, although uh, South Korea has uh, said that uh, it doesn't amount to very much. What actually is going on there? And if he did die, uh, what would be the sort of uh, succession scenarios? Uh, we'll be talking about that later in 
the program. Uh, we're focusing, as I say, today on uh, China and uh, the United States. Uh, we have with us uh, David Zweig, Professor Emeritus in the Division of Social Science at the University of Science and Technology, also Director of the Transnational China Consulting Limited. Uh, he's uh, currently in uh, Canada. And we hope to be joined uh, at some point by Mark Simon, next media columnist and a member of uh, Republicans uh, abroad. OK, some comment from listeners first. On Facebook, Barbara says, I was very surprised that to know there are still over 40% of people in the USA believe what Trump says nowadays. Tom says, there's many journalists and online commentators now implying ill intentions on China's every move during the COVID-19 crisis. It's hard to decipher fact from fiction. The FCC hosted a talk on the topic of how to spot fake news. They suggested the first step is to think about the motivations of the speaker. China, as a matter of fact, has no motivation to hurt its own people. Also, after the experience of 2003, China as a nation has absolutely no motivation to hide an epidemic from the world. The many groups in the media opposed to China, from the Falun Gong and the Hong Kong and Taiwan protesters, seeking to find allies against China, the media looking for clicks, right-wing politicians seeking voters, and US national security groups looking for budget increases and staff promotions, all have a lot to gain from using nuggets of truth of China's missteps to spin large diabolical stories and shifting the narrative towards implying ill intentions where in fact none ever existed. In a conflict, these special interest groups may benefit, but the larger public at large all suffers. That comes uh, from Tom. Uh, Rick says, Some in the pro-establishment blame the Hong Kong protests on American money fueling the conflict, uh, as if to put a dampener on the independent thinking of Hong Kong. For all the smearing, not one single arrest of almost 7,000 to prove it. Just more desperation from the increasingly isolated blue camp. Jay says, Trump is a real hypocrite after the horses bolted. Three months ago, when half of Asia is bouncing around in face masks and spacesuits, he could have bought masks and protective clothing for his country. So could England, so could Australia. But no, they're watching all the budgets in their health services and thinking about uh, collateral damage. Uh, Mike has a couple of emails. He says... Uh, uh, with the subject line, the Canadian spokesperson. I think that's uh, you, David Zweig. Uh, Mike says, who is Trump losing votes to? Biden? Ha, 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 ha. Uh, another joke. And uh, Mike also says, to your Canadian guest, the virus started in October, not January, three months late. If you listen to Miss Canada, uh, Linya Fan spoke at the Oxford Union on the Cold War against the Communist Party and the Chinese Communist Party virus on March the 31st, saying that the Communist Party is hostile to Western values. I thought this was an eye-opening talk from someone that has lived this experience, not only opined on this issue. Another interesting was one with the Chinese ambassador to Australia and the threats China made to Australia if they continue to investigate the origins of the virus. That comes uh, from Mike. Um, David Zweig, what, what about those, uh, you know, Jean-Pierre Capistan was saying that uh, China has played its hand badly and has, has uh, alienated um, Europe and Australia and even even Africa uh, in its approach to discussion of the, uh, of the virus. Do you virus. agree with that? Yeah, I'm not sure so much about Africa. I mean, um, but, but I, I think that certainly Western Europe uh, and um, uh, I guess in the United States it's gotten a lot of bad press. I mean, even CNN, which is so anti-Trump, uh, still generally refers to China's responsibility uh, for this. I just would like to 
you know, get them to look at the, the information. I've never heard anything about uh, October, um, the date that I think most of us have, I mean, it's possible, but most of us have been working with the date of right at the end of, Jan- of December, right? That's when Dr. Lee makes his, uh, what is it, December 30th. Um, he, he puts out, he and seven other people put out their, their message uh, and then get called in on the 31st, uh, the next day, right away. Um, so, but but I think it's, you know, Ch- China has a very heavy hand. Uh, you know, they, they misplay this. I mean, they're trying to uh, accuse the other side of not doing a good enough job of managing it. And, you know, and as I said, I mean, I, I certainly think that there's responsibility on the side of the Chinese, of course, especially at the local level. But I just... You know, I think that the West did play it slowly. Um, I think that they didn't respond. I'm, I'm not sure why they didn't respond faster. We know why Trump didn't respond faster, because he needed to keep the economy uh, buoyant, and so he just hoped it wouldn't it wouldn't come out. Um, but that's what else you want. I mean, I'm. But David, how about the over-reliant of medical supplies uh, from um, you know China and from Asia? I think now the USA, they, they find it very difficult to set up um, their own um, production lines, and it took a long time, and so they don't really have the PPEs for the doctors and nurses, and I think this is actually quite easy to do if, if you make decisions well, early. Yeah, if you will, and that's the point, Ada, which is that if, if, if January, if the government, and I think it's true somewhat for Canada too, Canada didn't move as fast probably as they could have or should have. Um, everybody was pretty slow in the West on this, and so there's been a huge competition for all of this equipment. You know, and then the president, uh, you know, President Trump then says it's the responsibility of the governors, you know, and he blames them too, you know, that they didn't order the equipment early enough and they didn't keep good stocks uh, of, of the equipment. So again, he, he can blame who, you know, everybody but himself. But I, I you know, I think... Uh, the person who sent an email and said, yeah, who's going to beat Trump-Biden? I think Trump's going to have a hard time against Biden. Um, I think that if Biden can come out and, and you know, he may be sleepy. He may be sleepy, Joe, but he's real, a real ridiculous human being. And I think that that okay, Mark, Mark Simon. Yeah, Mark Simon, go. Hey, Mark. Come on, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. First of all, <laughs> this is just, that is like some of the stupidest stuff I've heard in the last two hours, and I've done three interviews today. Look, well, that's a fact, Mark. Is the U.S. The U.S. did not have any idea what was coming their way. Did they that's react? True. What slow? The CDC yes, was informed had, on the third of January. Stop it! Stop it, David. You don't no, know. You they stop knew it. in January. That's why they I were stayed on the show. A month later. Fight with you. The fact of the matter is, the fact of the third of January. David, let him speak. You want to argue? The fact of the matter is, the U.S. did not know on time. China bears a hundred percent responsibility for this. And just because you want to keep your access to China and you won't criticize anything up there on access to the China, the fact of the matter is, they sent this virus out into the world. They covered it up, and it took too long to find out what was going on. And that's the main problem. Now, will I say now that Trump's garbage? A plus. David Zai, can you hang on? Can you hang on? Please let David, let Mark speak for a bit. David, yeah, let, let somebody else speak, because all you're really doing is monologuing because you don't have the facts on your side. The facts are the U.S. did not react as fast 
because they did not have the information. A responsible nation like China said, they said, hey, we got a problem here. All right. China and the WHO originally said not transmittable by humans. That's it. That's what they said. China would not let the CDC in. Every other country in the world lets the CDC in. China didn't let them in. But let's skip over that because the fact of the matter is everybody who listens to you knows there's no way you're ever going to say anything to jeopardize your access in China. But the so, fact so, is so that's why that evil regime up there basically sent out a poison that's killing hundreds of thousands of people, and you're just fine with it because you want to blame Donald Trump. So let's move on to Trump. Trump did not react quickly enough. Secondly, as far as the states go and the president goes, in terms of PPE and masks, well, the first thing that happened was Chinese companies and Chinese Americans went through and basically cleared out most of the PPE and masks in the United States, just like they did in Canada, just like they did in Australia. So again, you have to give the overseas Chinese community what is that credit. Mark? They didn't trust. They, they cleared it out. It was all gone. That's one of the scandals that's going to come out, and it's been coming out. They cleared it out. As the far Chinese as bought it. In about Chinese, Chinese, look, I bought it and sent it back. The Chinese Americans, Chinese Canadians basically went overseas and bought up all the masks. Oh, Everybody sure. knows that that's what happened. And the fact of the matter is, the long-term problem, Ada, when you talk about setting up one of these plants, I happen to know about it. No, it doesn't just happen in a couple of days. No, you just can't switch things on. This is almost a six to seven month. These machines are not readily available, okay? Now, people are ramping up. You're seeing the price of PPE and masks come down. Basically, things are set. Now, as far as the United States goes, let's be perfectly honest here. David doesn't understand federalism. The states are responsible. The states have the well, power. Well, I get Cuomo doesn't you can understand stop federalism. It. Cuomo, Cuomo, Cuomo was a disaster. Cuomo was a disaster. New Jersey was a disaster where my family is. These are failed states. The failed governments that the type left-wingers like this week like. The only state, blue state, that's really doing well is California, and they're doing a very good job out there. If you pull New Jersey and New York out of U.S. statistics, the United States is performing in the top 10% of all the countries. The fact of the matter is we've got more than one-third of all our cases and one-third of our deaths coming from two states. New okay. York and New Jersey. Okay, Mark, Mark, Mark Simon, Mark Simon. Okay, Mark Simon, just to, uh, away from the domestic. I, I, I've got to say the view from uh, from Hong Kong as expressed through our listeners and the view f expressed in many places around the world is that Trump is really mishandling this. Trump looks stupid doing these, uh, doing the press conferences. You, you know why this is not a worldwide crisis? Because the fact is everybody's reverted to partisan need. Look what happened in the first two weeks when everybody got serious about this. Zweig is not completely wrong. The U.S. reacted late. But blaming the U.S. themselves for reacting late when everybody in the China and the WHO is saying everything's okay and the U.S. can't get in there, I think there's some mitigation that goes on here. Look, well, but what about Trump Navarro, even? Mark, what about Navarro what about even writing a memo on the 28th of January 
that the president never guy, supposedly never writes, read. A guy writes a memo that says a guy writes a memo that this is a big problem. I was I was in the White House in early February, and I was ta- I'm sorry in late February, mid February, and I was talking to them, and they were asking questions about the virus. Okay, I was there. They weren't doing anything, but they weren't doing anything. They weren't doing anything because basically we didn't know what there was if there was a major problem or not. Oh, okay? come on, Mark. You, oh, th- 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 David, you have no idea what you're talking about. If I'm telling you I was there, if everybody was looking at it, I get tired of you telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't do that. To you. you should, but, but you're the one who makes all these accusations. There's information to back right them all up. You, and you make, you make these completely unfounded. We are right back one. into the partisan divide that we were in. Give me, one, give me one unfounded statement I've made. But you said that we all knew about this. We all knew about this. The information. We didn't the head know about of the CDC. The head of the CDC was told on the third of January by the head of the Chinese oh, the CDC. Of, and and they're told this. The head of the CDC that. of the and United States. Shut the down, National Security Council knew about it States. in the first week of January. Oh, everybody knows about everything. They're spies. They're supposed to know these things. Wait a second. You just asked you me. Run a re- that doesn't mean you asked me a question. And I answered your question. And now you're and changing your fact, the subject? The fact is, no, I'm not. The fact is, you're wrong. They didn't know. Why am I wrong? Tell me where I'm wrong. Because they, so what? Somebody knew something. It doesn't mean you make policy based on that. No, but it means because, that you oh investigate God, the oh NFC. One guy said something. Oh, my God. The NFC investigates so it. Let's go do it. Oh, my God. So one why was there nobody something. from the United States government going down or working in Wuhan or anybody from the CDC still why was it there why still, was because still the, the NFC why was there no one why from the, the NFC still working in the embassy in Beijing? you don't think the US tried to get people down there why didn't you uh, on that I don't disagree in? with you I'm okay. I you don't disagree with you that China should let someone in from the CDC. I don't disagree. But, but I can also understand that if they did, their view was if they let them in, then the Americans would use it in a very propagandistic way. So I think they shouldn't let them in. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. And so what happened when Trump shut down travel from China? What happened? Oh, my so God. So people stopped coming except 45,000. 45,000 more people came. It's American citizens. That's where you're lying, Dan. Sure, but he didn't put them in quarantine. You're a smart guy. You're a smart guy. He didn't put them in quarantine. You're a smart guy. That's where you're dishonest. And that's where the listeners should know about you. I'm dishonest? You know, it was 45,000. I'm sorry. uh, I'm hanging up. I refuse to put up with being called dishonest. Those are American citizens. Hey, hey. I'm not an American citizen. I'm a Canadian citizen. Why are you... Okay, I'm not saying you're an American citizen, but the 45,000 that came back were American we're citizens, citizens, American green card holders. Are they yeah, allowed no, to come I know back that. to their country? Then why but, are you but you might want to put them under quarantine. I said you might want to put them under quarantine. Because you're trying to make an opportunistic political point, and that's a dishonest uh, thing to do. That's a, uh, no, when, you, when Trump cut off the saying, there was outrage. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that he say, has oh, well, any credit no, for. David, you, David, in this you entire played thing. politics. You played That's politics. The one thing oh, he gets any credit for. Of course, forty-five thousand more came. You know why forty-five thousand more came? Because they are American citizens or green card holders. Sure, and they all carried the virus. Oh, they all carried. Oh, so they're, but they're, so that so that and they brought the virus into America. America. Cut that off. 
the president put the virus into America. How do you think it got here? Are you saying that? So, and they're now the talking that maybe in January the there were forty, there were twenty-five thousand cases. Are you saying they all carried the virus? They, all these people that no, I didn't say they, they all carried the virus. The virus. You just but they said brought they the virus to America. The virus came to America from two different routes. By them, it came from America, from China mainly, and it also came a little bit from Iran because the Iranians got it from China. Earlier. That's how it came to America. Okay, can, can, I, can, I, can I put a question? Can I put a, Can I put the same question to both of you? Finally, it's a funny kind of sure. boring question. Uh, uh, David, like then, does this does this amount to a new Cold War? Or uh, you, I mean, you were suggesting that there's still that economic interdependence, and this is this sure. is a little bit of shadow boxing so, going on. Sure. Well, I mean, we haven't talked about another issue, but you know, the United States has uh, basically declared war on Chinese scientists. Uh, ethnic Chinese scientists who are living in the U.S. Um, and so the decoupling that people are worried about is also a scientific decoupling. Okay. Right? So Mark can talk more, you know, about the extent to which American firms will or won't stop buying or stop doing business in China. But there's a serious worry uh, in the Western universe, in American universities, uh, and among Chinese ethnic Chinese scientists in the United States, that there's an effort out of the Department of Justice and the FBI to really make it very difficult for Chinese, ethnic Chinese in the United States to do collaborative research back right. with China, because it's seen as, a, as a, a venue, a method by which Chinese can get uh, uh, spy and get information from the United States. All right, Mark Simon, what might improve relations? No, we're going. To, it's going down. It's going down the tube. There is uh, no longer a um, split. The engagement camp has pretty much been uh, silenced, and largely from the different way the uh, pro-China business operation will always exist. It'll always be there. That said, I do think that probably when you, ha if you have Biden as president, I think it'll be softer for a little while. But you're going to be looking at people like Kirk Campbell and some other folks um, in that administration, and that's going to be very, very difficult for the Chinese. The problem at the end of the day is the Chinese Communist Party. And at the end of the day, the Americans, it's just going to be it's a conflict of values, and it's going to continue to be um, a problem. As far as the final point, um, as I like to go off on David a little bit, as a final point for the Chinese-American citizens and students, I don't think that's going to collect much wind in terms of banning them from the universities. It'd be ashamed if it did. But the fact of the matter is Chinese-Americans are the number one target of the Chinese Secret Service, of the Chinese Intelligence Services. That's where the spying takes place, and so that's where you're going to see the enforcement efforts. Okay. And I think my personal belief is, I think as long as we have guys like Ed Wong at the New York Times out there, I think that's not helping the Chinese community where every single move against the Chinese state is seen as racist, as a problem. And I do think that overall, but no, final thing, we're moving into a downward spiral okay. in U.S.-China.
China relations. All right, just some thoughts from uh, listeners. I've got to edit some of these, I'm afraid. Uh, Peter says the pandemic has done more than take lives and livelihoods. It's shaking fundamental assumptions about American exceptionalism. Uh, however, in recent years, especially under Trump, the world is not missing American leadership. The fundamental assumption about the US now that it is exceptional only in its warmongering and cruelty. Mike Pompeo's statement, we lied, we cheated, we stole in CIA and the current US scapegoating of China to deflect from its failure to to fight COVID-19 sums this up well. The most vocal defenders of US hegemony are unsurprisingly some of the biggest opponents of international law, at least when it gets in their way. That's uh, part of what Peter uh, wrote. S says, tell your guests that when Trump wanted to act faster, everyone disagreed, as the WHO was advising otherwise regarding closing borders uh, and so on. Uh... Jay says, let's face it, there was incompetence in the American government and the health services. In fact, they did have masks in the Obama era and they destroyed them because they were past the sell-by date. Jeffrey says, I think we just heard two friends become enemies and the unfortunate thing is they are both mistaken and based on hearsay, rumours and uh, hindsight. John says, Mark Simon's conduct in the show is beyond the pale, a character assassination of other guests, odious racist dog whistles about Chinese Americans. He is a fitting sycophant for Trump. Uh, and uh, Jeffrey says, how do our shadow boxers think that only Chinese travellers brought the virus over? How do they know it didn't travel by American tourists uh, returning? Which is one of the issues touched on uh, in that uh, discussion there. Thank you very much in the meantime to uh, David Zweig, uh, Professor Emeritus at the University of Science and Technology, and Mark Simon from Next Media, uh, also a member of Republicans Abroad. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us today. Uh, Paisley, sorry, uh, and some other uh, emails on other topics. We'll try and get to you uh, tomorrow. We wanted to talk finally today about the situation uh, in North Korea. Andy says, if Kim Jong-un is dead, this is in an email, I would like to suggest a replacement more suitable than his sister. Someone who has very close relations with North Korea's only neighbour and supporter China is stubborn, arrogant, impervious to criticism, self-deluded, lives in a world of her own, has no empathy. Carrie Lam. That comes from Andy. Thank you very much indeed from that. Uh, uh, we wanted to talk about uh, Kim Jong-un, rumours uh, of his death. Uh, Leonid Petrov joins us once again, a Korean studies researcher at the College of Asian, uh, Asia and the Pacific at the Australian National University. Mr Petrov, good morning to you once again. Thank you very much indeed for, 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 for joining us. Um, do we, what do we know uh, in the public, or uh, perhaps you have special insight, about the state of Kim Jong-un's health? Good morning to you. Good morning, Ada. Well, uh, how many? How much do we know? I think um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Moscow and Beijing uh, probably know more than um, Ministry of Unification in Seoul uh, or uh, State Department in, in Washington D.C. I believe that um, something is going on in the background. I don't know what exactly it might be. The um, self-isolation uh, caused by pandemic, uh, maybe, uh, and a kind of operation, either the planned one or um, sort of emergency. Something happened to uh, Kim Jong-un, but uh, things are not exactly as they should have been going. Um, on the 15th of April, the day of the sun was missed. On the 25th of uh, April, the day of the people, uh, Korean People's Army was not attended by the Supreme Leader. Again, it may be dis explained by the self-isolation, uh, but uh, perhaps it could be uh, could be triggered by the um, not just um, um, 
as, as simple as that. And uh, perhaps uh, Kim Jong-un is suffering from some kind of illness and uh, he has been living a quite uh, risky lifestyle, too much stress, alcohol, smoking. Um, and I believe that uh, the uh, leadership in North Korea uh, might undergoing through some sort of uh, change. We don't know exactly what is going on, but the ascendance uh, and the quite official one with uh, Kim Yo-jong, uh, Kim Jong-un's younger sister, she would be her appointment to be the um, deputy chair person of the uh, Korean Workers' Party uh, Department of Guidance and Organization um, and her also membership in the Supreme People's Assembly demonstrates that um, she is number two in uh, North Korean political uh, Olympus and uh, if something bad happens to Kim Jong-un, the power is going to be in safe hands. Um, but apart from the younger sister, um, is there anybody um, anybody in the shadows? Uh, w- would there be a lot of um, infighting? Uh, yes, well, there is a blood brother, uh, Kim Jong-chul, who is old, elder brother of Kim Jong-un and uh, Kim Yo-jong. But rather than that, I think uh, we should not uh, discard the importance of um, their uncle, the half-brother of late Kim Jong-il, um, his name is Kim Pyong-il. He's a career diplomat. He's 66 or 67 years old. Um, uh, he uh, served for the last 30 years. He had uh, been in, I don't know if it's self-isolation or deliberate um, de- deliberate posting um, in Eastern Europe. He was ambassador to Finland, Poland, Czech Republic, Bulgaria, and Hungary. He returned to North Korea last year. And, um, well, he is also a member of the Kim's clan. Um, the revolutionary Pektusan blood um, is uh, in his veins. Uh, so technically he can be um, the houseman of, of North Korea if, um, the, if the structure and the balance of power between the Kim's clan, the Korean Workers' Party and Korean People's Army is maintained. But um, if Kim Jong-un is really sick or incapacitated or dead, presumably, then um, a collective leadership may be uh, ruling the country. And um, with or without Kim's participation, Kim Kim, jo- Kim Pyong-il or Kim Yo-jong, this, it would not really uh, matter if the country decides the party and the army decides to go ahead with the path of major political reform uh, and a major economic reform, then they don't need the Kim's clan, uh, which will be considered an obstacle, a roadblock on the path for... Um, uh, major change and uh, and and innovation and modernization of the country. Okay, well, Lina Petra, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us this morning. Uh, once again, uh, Corinne studies research at the College of Asia and the Pacific at the Australian National University. Uh, let's squeeze in that what that uh, that other email. This is from from Paisley uh, on the link rate. Uh, Paisley says Hong Kong's retailers are literally dying by the week, crippled by an unprecedented collapse in sales and concurrent high fixed costs, particularly rental expenses. While all rent- retail landlords have been urged to offer concessions to their struggling tenants, their responses have varied. Swire has been one of the more understanding landlords. But the prize for the greediest, others like Wolf have reportedly adopted a very inflexible, some might say heartless policy. But the prize for the greediest landlord probably goes to Linkreet, the former government-owned entity which has often been criticised by Hong Kong residents. I was reliably informed by restaurant tenants at Link Stanley Plaza that the landlord, rather than possibly offering rental concessions during this crisis period, is actually planning to uh, hike rents when the current uh, leases expire this year. This from a company that it's paid 
paid its chief executive an average of $86 million a year in the past couple of years. It's made uninterrupted growth in profit over the last five years, during which time it racked up $34 billion in net property income and whose extremely healthy balance sheet shows gearing of under 12%. Shame on you, Link. That comes from Paisley. Thank you very much indeed for that. Ada, many thanks to you. And Noreen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we'll be back at 8.30 tomorrow uh, for the last one of the week. The weather, fine and dry. Temperatures up to about 29 degrees. Yeah, look, sunny periods in the next few days and it's going to be hot during the day. There'll be mist in the morning and at night on Friday and over the weekend. A red fire danger warning now as it's fairly dry. 52% relative humidity and the air temperature now at uh, 25 Celsius. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion and I'm usually quite laid back. But you can count me in to fight COVID-19. Here are my tips. Don't go to work and seek medical advice promptly if you're unwell. Avoid eating out or going out if it's not necessary. Keep at least one meter apart from others and avoid contact with people who show symptoms. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for us to prevent COVID-19. 9.32, the news now with Samantha Butler. In his first coronavirus news conference since Friday, President Trump has accused China of failing to stop the spread of the illness. Speaking outside the White House, Mr. Trump said the pandemic should have been stopped at the source. Hundreds of thousands of people in New Zealand have gone back to work as the government begins easing coronavirus restrictions among the strictest in the world. Workers resuming in factories and building sites as well as some takeaway food outlets. And U.S. oil prices have fallen by 25 percent as a massive drop in demand continues due to the pandemic. West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. benchmark, tumbled to less than 13 U.S. dollars a barrel. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh, so shy, quiet, and retiring doggy council co founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. The side of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. And welcome to Tuesday Morning Brew Time, I'm Phil Whelan Good to be back with you Well, did you know that the wonderful Chris B Has been championing great local bands In her regular underground showcases for 16 years And I do remember, I think, talking about the very first one here on Morning Brew Quite an achievement anyway Many, many Hong Kong musicians and me Forever grateful So we're going to have a chat after 10 She's just had or is just having the 16th birthday. And there are some real success stories that have come out of these past few years. Jared Watt's going to be with us after 10.30 for his weekly look at all things Aussie. That, of course, along with some great songs from Down Under. 11.10, Dr. Merrin Pierce out and about for his weekly eco news. We're joined today as well by Tracy Reed from Plastic Free Sea. She is in Brisbane and you can watch us all and join in via video link on our Facebook page. 12 plus, 1,000 miles south or so to meet up with business futurist Morris Misalowski. He's going to continue his musings from last week on the word normal. Plus, Australia has just introduced a COVID-19 tracing app. Uh, too, too late? Who knows? See what Morris has to say. That will be after 12.